Hey there, this is Pastor T, Tavo DRC, out here with the rank and file. And with a smile, we choose to smile. A lot of good things to be thankful for, good movements of God. There's no place like home. You can always get in with the Holy Spirit, turn on your online ministry, go out and do your day. You know, there's no place like home if there's a lot of diagnosing, suspicion, dark, evil eye, witchcraft, doctrines. My heavens, that's why we're making this big statement to cause a holy riot, a brouhaha to stir up new thought for doctrines. We're not trying to project fear, accusation, seer suspicion, <laughs> but we do say we have found a lot to think about in those movements like that. But we're grateful for their good qualities, my heavens. And you know, my father, who was a pastor, was not an, a Levitical patriarch. However, he was white. He was Caucasian. He wasn't rich, though. He wasn't wealthy, but he was wealthy in the amount of love his parents had given him and the amount of love and respect he had for all colors and kinds of people. A childlike heart, but smart, and a lot smarter than some people who miss it by going into pop psychology, dark doctrine, and reading people and never loving them enough to relate. I guess I grew up the old-fashioned way. I wasn't treated harshly. I wasn't dogmatized against. I never had the law say, you little woman, you. No, my father was, like to me, model the heavenly father. If a father who's a Christian models, or a parent, you know, not all people have a father right now, but if the right authorities model the hero part of the Lord in their character, in their humility, in their respect for all people down in the home realm, behind the scenes, out in front, then the next generation, the child, uh, you know, is affected in their hard drive, their emotional love tank, I call it. And so by God's grace, it was only God's grace. I couldn't have picked it out. I couldn't have deserved it. But I was raised in a very contented and mild but joyful, pretty chipper family of ministers coming down for at least two to three generations of Bible teachers on my mother's side and on my father's side. And it was just by God's mercy. I was the firstborn. I didn't get to be elected to be the firstborn, but God's, you know, put it right there. And so I was the firstborn for eight years. And my, my sister is younger. I guess that's why I get along with people that are a lot younger than me. Because <laughs> I don't feel old. I don't feel, I feel ageless. And I do have to say, honoring my mother, her mother, my aunt, the family sort of comes down with that. So that you don't think old, you think current, you're watchful, you know what's going on. And you know, you love people, you love the Lord. You know, I, ha I remember that my parents treated people with equal respect. They didn't treat people as slaves, as owners, as rivals. I never heard any gossip, any backbiting. In fact, when I was about five years old, my father had a, what they called back in the Baptist days. He was an ordained pastor, not a Levitical patriarch, not a legalist. Loved my mother. They were a team, co-laborers. Treated all people, all generations, his mother, her mother, with respect. And it was God. So as I was riding out of town one day with my parents, I was sitting in the back seat. And my parents had a church field, as they call it back in the day, and it was out in a more country part of town, the part of town called Doswell, Virginia, before King's Dominion came. And I heard them as we took off, and we wanted to get out of town. They taught school. They taught. They had the church. And so as we were riding out of town, just to get away, going to the big city of Richmond at the time, to get away, I heard my mom say to my father, Hey, honey, let's don't go out that way. We have our two church members that live right at the corner, and they watch. They keep tabs on everybody's going and coming in the whole town. And we know they talk about people, and we just, you know, I don't want to go out that way. I don't want to be noticed. So when I heard that, I guess it really made me aware it's a sin to keep people, you know, mind people's business, 
to gossip about people and it made a huge impression still today so I'm very careful how I treat people and how I respect people even if they're not present I'm very careful I want to guard your reputation I do I really do I don't allow gossip as a leader through the years I've had incidences prior to Dallas I had my own office I had my own visible ministry more and I had at one point a guest and you know I invited an evangelist to speak and so he came and he stayed in the office <laughs> he stayed in the office and so I would go into the office to go to work you know I stayed at my house and so I would go in there and that person that visitor tried to tell me every bit of garbage and trash about every well-known TV minister back then and I thought nope not gonna do that and he wouldn't stop so finally I made my rule it wasn't and I mean this now I really mean it seriously I've never wanted to hear your trash about anybody and so I have a not just three strikes you're out rule but it started then back then it started two strikes you're out so I had to make <laughs> I wanted to get this individual to go I said you're gonna have to go I'm not gonna have this give me the key back he refused to budge my husband had to come and enforce it so there's a lot of strict stuff going on big stuff in ministry plain speaking you got to just be wise you got to be in charge you have to you know know when to say when but that's one thing I know and it's also Bible do not believe the evil report about anybody my, the reason I'm so concerned about Phariseeism because I've been out on the witch-watching discovery where I've realized people now think they can they know more and they want to read you diagnose you with pop psychology like Dr. Phil never speak and then pronounce you evil this is what this is many times around the US all right they pronounce you X this is witch-watching accuse you as a type the seer type they accuse you, put you on the witch list, tell everybody and warn them about you, and then they go down and give it to their network in different states. This was not Baptist. This was not black skin, dark skin. This was only Caucasian, but it certainly got my attention as one of the prophets God has called to study the body of Christ and to try to build community since I was age 24. And on the way, you know, he called me a servant leader. You don't have to be famous. You don't have to be known. This is not what I'm teaching, Crossbody Unity. What God has given me out of all this has produced a lot of concern for the future of America, the future of a church. And that's why I'm speaking this boldly and brashly to stir it up for many people, not just me, to think on it. Evaluate, assess, reform, but don't accuse. We're not accusing. If I were going to accuse, which I wouldn't, I would name your names. I would call, I'd be more, you know, like tabloid like they're doing now. I don't, you know, I'm, I try not to do it. We are trying to honor. We need to honor the fathers and the mothers of the former moves. Nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. But I do know that the people who have, <laughs> this is my big discovery of toxic dysfunction. God forbid us all. Nobody's perfect. Nobody knew in the generation, let's say the 60s, 70s, and 80s moves that are now huge, famous moves. Nobody knew, and they came from really country, and they came where they were strong, but they were not, they didn't know they would have celebrity Hollywood. They didn't know they'd have all the fans. They didn't know all this society, the world, the flesh, and the devil, and carnal, tempta carnal temptations would happen. So I cannot imagine persons with great names, what they have been through, now what they have learned the hard way, and now we're telling them something more, which is I was sent not to be since age 24, 1976, all right, which is God's good to preserve me this long, and thank God for these famous moves. I might not be here except for the grace of God and the love of my Father and the Heavenly Father and the caring family, many people. I'm just one, you know, this is a testimony, a Luke eyewitness, maybe a Job. <laughs> I mean, I'm having a good time, believe me, after I got free, after I got delivered for the last 
12 years or a few years of this discovery to train, to train, to not be dysfunctional. All right. So what I didn't know was what these, nobody knew that we would hit with a spirit, demonic spirit that wasn't from above of boasting celebrity or whatever has come on and see a lot of people. I've, I'm going to teach this because I need to do it. Long. I'm making a teachable, I'm making a university. Well, I'll have courses on in January, official courses so we can get some doctrine out to help people and spare people from getting abused, accused, witch-watched, silently, demonically prayed against weird stuff. Just, you know, we want it to be holy and happy, all movements, and we want to choose the good from all these people. Nobody knew what we know now, and that's the hard part. While I was called to professional ministry of my own in 1986 or so, had my newsletter, an office, different things going on. It was during the time, the crucial time in our nation, when the Jim Baker, Jim Swaggart scandals happened. And I was teaching in a big church, which was a mega church of the area back then, 1200. <laughs> and I was spirit-filled. It was an assembly of God. I don't care your denomination. I care if you know the Lord and if you're true and if I'm sent. And we are pro-assembly of God, even though a lot of... See, the bottom, what I learned was... The top people are surrounded. They can't be out where I was sent, where I've eyewitnessed. They can't because they're got they're in charge and they have people around them, and they have family, they have staff. Some have bodyguards, handlers. You can't know what a normal person faces, and you miss that. And what is missed in the grassroots when people come of all backgrounds, all ilks. Some strange, some nice, some normal, some not. Some can't get it right. They'll get, they'll twist what you say. So this has been my turf, my expertise now for our nation. To say, let's wise up that this does happen, has been happening. Creating bad, bad images of Jesus, but bad images of lots of no names and certain ones. Not all, but everybody, you know, and that's the devil's work. Back in... 1986, I saw the fallout of accusation about money and, you know, women and money, that type of thing, Eli stuff. And I was at the grassroots, and the Lord put him a heart, Micah 7.5. I didn't have a lot of influence. I was never famous or anything or well-known, as it were. But I knew the Lord. <laughs> and the Lord said, look up, Mag. I said, what about this? I saw people I knew in the family, people I knew in my friendship circle of females get affected and the whole nation and the world since that time. It reminds me, not that I'm calling these people, they repented, but I remember the phrase, because I teach due to Dallas, Eli Templi Priesthood. It said that in that day of Eli, right before the Ichabod cleanse of the nation, of the ministry, it says that the offerings of the Lord were despised in Eli's day because of the behavior of Eli and Ahophni and Phinehas, who took God's offering and used it for themselves. All right. He, they also put pressure and commandeered another person to do it for them. Along with that, you know, abuse, demonic behavior in ministry, they also used females slept with the women that came to the door, the good old boy, good old girl ministry, you know, a good old person. The Boys Will Be Boys network of ministry. Well, today, it isn't always just going to be a female. It could be anybody. Okay. So the idea is God is better than that. And if we look at the day and draw lessons out of it, I'm going to tell you what Micah 7, 5 says. Because of all the shepherding movement, the accusation of being under somebody, not being covered, being unsubmitted, out of order, because they don't know their Bible, they're under the law and good old boy instruction, which nobody knew. Maybe just they didn't know. You know, we forgive them. So when we have class conscious ministry, big I, little you, you're not good enough now, you just show up, you don't look like our style, that is what we 
Hebrews 25, 10, 25 had to go through to get this far, to get purified, <laughs> to get edified, to get strengthened, and then to discern doctrine, you know, people and teachings. All right, back in the day when you can remember, some people can remember before famous preachers and when it started and then after the development. Now what we got, you know, where it's going and has been. Micah 7 5, the Lord said, after I saw the fallout, I witnessed it myself. And I looked at Micah 7 5, it says, do not put your confidence in your neighbor. Do not put your confidence in a guy. Do not put your confidence in the one who lies beside you in bed. Only put your confidence in God. I thought, that's it. The people that were disgruntled, accusing, turned cynical, hard, it built up. I saw that happen in my own personal life. Dysfunction set in. It was dysfunctional ministry. It was not holy in the, you know, it was, it was not, something was off in the hearts. On the other hand, who has not gone off in their heart? None of us. We just can learn now and forgive everybody. We've forgiven. But we need to know how not to do it. My goal, one of my goals with teaching cross-body unity, God has given me. And also, I'm calling this because I know subgroups and movements as I studied. And I'm going to teach on abiding faith. The people that were not there before Word of Winford, Word of Faith came have only seen the big boss, they've only seen the using, they've only seen flamboyance, they've only seen materialism and Demases and Eli's. A lot of them. Not all are like that though. But I've been through it from before, made some mistakes, not giant like that, but some. Everybody's, we're human, that's what we're saying, we're human, we have compassion. We need to have compassion, not just getting on there, assaulting people and saying, yeah, they're the prosperity. What I'm doing, to break it down, is going to, for now, calling it, our part is going to be taking the good stuff, not materialistic, keeping a balance, not being perfect, but we're going to say, I'm calling it abiding faith. And when I teach on that, it's going to specifically give real faith, Bible faith, most holy faith teaching, but very careful in minimizing the money part because you need to have faith to please God. And all the discouragement, all the fear, all the stuff, God has kept me so healthy, so joyful, no matter how much toxic dysfunction and evil eye witchcraft and hell on earth from normal human Christians, ministers, I fought. I mean, really, it has been great because I knew the Lord and I know a lot of the faith background. I have a faith background. But I'm not under them. I do not represent them. I do not want to misrepresent them. I'm telling you what, as a Luke eyewitness sent out since age 24 to study movements, and I can, you know, I've come through the teaching of the whelp. Many word of faith are not into using the occult. My finding, based on TV and experience, is the top people... You can look at them, even the whelp. Look at who does what at the top and then look at the crowd that says we're under them. This is the point. The point is toxic dysfunction is out here where people say, I'm under brother so-and-so. I'm under sister so-and-so. I'm under prophet, apostle so-and-so and bishop. That's where they're using their names. Two points. Some mean it genuinely and they're true. You have to say each body's different, everybody's different, no bias, all right? But then you find a crowd of wannabeism that are prostituting the harlots of those people by mistake or intention. And I'm not saying I'm any better or no, but I'm trying to honor and save the good reputations of the famous people that you can study their life, study how they treat their family, study how they treat their spouse, study how they, if they're racially biased or not, see if they're using witchcraft at the top, false authority, which is witchcraft, to control, see if they've got to have all the big bowing and scraping and money their way, and then evaluate them through that and make your choice. That's all. So we're not upset, and I'm not mean. I just didn't know it'd have to be so tough after going through the last 
15 years of Big Boss season. Now, it's not up here. It's minimum up here, but it is up here, and I have to be ready at any moment. You never know, but I trigger Big Boss, and that's okay. I can handle it. I'm not upset. I'm not moved by it. I had to grow up, though, because let's put it this way. I was never this strong until Dallas, and I really feel I know I was sent on assignment much like Daniel, captive and taken to Babylon ministry. That's all I can say. Well, I got 15 years on the rock of religion. <laughs> I also got liberated and got more free, more joyful, more uh, doctrinal pointed up front, reproving, correcting, which has been my root call since the 80s just not in such a manner. <laughs> and when I found one, when I was surrounded by toxic Caucasian misrepresentation, you know, the book of Acts, and lost everything, everybody and everything, practically, I found the Lord even more, and my esteem is not rooted in stuff. My esteem, is God, I found this out. My esteem is not rooted in ministry. My esteem is not rooted in people. My esteem is not rooted if they like me or if you like me or love me or not. My esteem is not in cash houses or like, it is God. That's, that's what I have. I'm liberated. I'm liberated and I don't have to do this unless God wants me to. I don't have to do it. So God has been a great homeschooler. I think of Apostle Paul, Galatians 1, 1 and 2, which is my style and our teaching point, our prototype to help people who are stuck in the middle of all this toxic, some of this junk in our nation in Christian authority teaching. And we're going to say we value many movements that God has allowed me to sit under and to be there and to see the great hero qualities in black, white, spirit-filled and not those that believe the Bible, males and females. But I will say there's certain movements that, you know, everybody's got a movement that means a lot to you more than some because you've been through whatever they had imparted or gave you the, the revelation or the encouragement or hero role modeling. And so I've been through a lot of worship movements as well, and I am now. But we want to do more worship. That's the thing that got decimated in Dallas before here and that's what I feel God is calling me back and I am pretty much grateful for God himself first <laughs> I'm so grateful I've said that I'll say it again thank I really mean it I've told people many times through this last few years thank God for God I really mean that then I thank good for my parents and grandparents that were there, like no celebrity, but fun, smart, humble, not racist. I really am grateful for them. I'm grateful for many hero role models that nobody would ever know, males and females, white and black. And I am grateful for many great movements that have affected me on TV. Just when God said, turn on the TV, and there they were. That is so good. So we're not putting anyone down or any movement down. We're just trying to be liberated from legalism, accusation, false teaching, and incorrect authority. Incorrect authority. All right. And I think that I realize in hindsight, I've had to go through the worst part of my Christian life. Not with God. It wasn't God. It was the people. It was this discovery of the effect of media, TV, and fame, and ambition, ambition in ministry. That was the worst part. And it's certain doctrines which I've mentioned. So if I were looking, I'm looking here today, I'm outside someplace, I'm going to show you what I'm seeing. I see a blank wall. It's a big brick wall. See that wall? That's the wall blocking me from the spirit. That's the wall blocking the move of God, Acts, book of God in the spirit, because it's that tough. All right, it's grown so inbred, so tough, so strong. It's the la it's indifference. It's not all white. I'm going to tell you what it is in a minute. So when I was 
looking at this wall today, God will have me park some places which I just think, man, that's an object lesson. The wall is tough, it's thick, it's very hard, and it's blind, has no windows. It's indifferent. And what it is is toxic dysfunction in the Christian ministry at every level and some movements, a lot of movements, not all. Now, when I speak, it isn't unforgiveness. It's not upset or offense. It's confrontation. It's tossing, you know, concern for them, really. False authority, Matthew 7, 21, 23, etc. But when I was looking at it today, I thought, wow, that is like what I felt. Not now. I feel free of that. I had to get out of that, though. And what I was going to say is, I felt, I knew I had to go through how bad it is. It takes a toll on people. It steals from people, from the occult, witchcraft, control, using, abusing, false witness. As a prophet seer, I live in that realm, and I know, I can tell. And also, I've seen it three to 50, 53 times or 500 times the same thing. On this journey, the Lord said, Tavo, if I let you see something that hurts my good name or people when you visit and it's three or more times that is my sign to you I see a lot more of it you are to teach on it that is all I'm doing and all I have been okay <clears throat> false witness is just rife it is just so unfair it is so dis toxic it's so second Timothy 3 1 through 5 distrustworthy from such turn away why would you dare why do you why do you want to lower yourself if you're confident if you are a true person why do you want to lower yourself to somebody less authority than you less mature less emotionally healthy it's not healthy read second Timothy 3 1 through 5 Pauline's instruction Paul's instruction to get out they're not clean something is really dysfunctional character issues all right same with first timothy 6 5 if they say you're not blessed because you don't have money get out paul another one so when i looked at that wall i was thinking what's blocking lord has put in my heart to say this what has blocked me is the same thing i kept seeing starting in dallas because things have gotten harder now i feel really good personally i don't feel sad i don't feel mad or anything I don't feel dysfunctional. I feel like I had to get through that to say, wow, this is how it, what goes on in the spiritual, emotional sense for fellowshipping and false teaching. All right. Specifically, witch watching and name calling ministry legalism. So when I looked at it last year or so, I have a couple of warning words for this kind of crowd, the crowd that does this, the teacher crowd and their products they're producing that do the same. They do the same. All right, what is? There's a falling away prophesied by Paul way years ago for the last days. There's a falling away, but this is a running away by the holy fear of the Lord remnant. This is a driving them away. Dri you're driving them away with toxic ambition. It's ambition. Minimizing people, racially profiling gender profiling, typecasting, and stereotyping like they're it's, like they're nothing, they're objects. That's pretty, that's like the world. The new world order, trans, whatever, it, transhumanism in the church. It is so unlike Christ who valued everybody. It is so opposite of the call to respect and see everybody as a unique individual made in God's image. Just for showing up, you get accused in typecasting churches for showing up to fellowship with the saints, Hebrews 10.25, which is also Paul. So when I was getting certain words in the last few months, I kept getting the same things over and over. And that's the wall I showed you. Let me show you again. There it is. Obtuse, oblique. What is the word? Opaque. Ambition. Ambition in ministry. Christian ambition. Python. A big snake to control and stifle. Smother and constrict. Leviathan. 
the sneaky snake of superior pride hard to catch loves to see itself in the mirror job 41 for an example to study it that's only that's a lot of it those right there are enough to quench to block to deconstruct god's holy spirit book of acts which is filled with diversity all kinds of races it doesn't minimize people it doesn't keep a record of witches it has more class than that it has more more might than that <coughs> if you want to you know i never as a baptist as a nice person james 317 person i never would have used this kind of vocabulary about witches charismatic witchcraft all this stuff python all this stuff i don't really go for that but you have to speak their language <laughs> you have to speak their language to get to them and this is what they do so if i use let's let's say witchcraft doesn't bother me i've broken i've they have scanned me. These people have scanned me, deep scanned me, minimized me, defiled me. They have done all sorts of things. I have seen this result, and it doesn't bother me. But I think of you. I think those that they're doing it to that don't have a voice, that don't know this turf, they don't have authority to speak on it. I think of the black people. If they do it, to, if they're white, accusing a white person by a type, what are they doing to black people and brown people? That's what I think. Internationals. We're spreading the alarm, that's all. Jesus would walk into the temple today and toss over those mammon-centric tables, and he would get accused by the pop psychologist in the Christian ministry of today, and they'd say, oh, don't listen to Jesus. He's offended. Oh, don't listen to Jesus. He's jealous of us. Oh, don't listen to Jesus. He's not wrapped too tight. That's my father-in-law's favorite phrase. Don't listen to Jesus. He's got wounds. He's got big unforgiveness baggage. Sign him up quickly for the four-week fix-em-fast course. That's what they do to Jesus. They would just brush him off and go their way, which is what they do. Dysfunction does that. Okay. So you just think, hey, they're really good. What I learned from my former 15 years was, wow, these people are good. They've got this down. They'll bend scripture, they'll project, they'll interject false teaching to get what they want. I gotta be quicker. I gotta study my doctrine so I'm not moved by this stuff. I'm not. So I realized that it took me, when you're immersed in the doctrinal bathwaters that are ooky and they're penetrating you with false prayers and false teaching and occult sin consciousness it affects you if you're targeted because you're human you're not perfect but you are not like that you never knew it existed you didn't know that kind of ministry existed but now you do you just have to learn and then you learn that a lot of it is residual you can leave them but it can't doesn't leave you yet that occult spirit is what i had to realize and dysfunction i had ptsd not now but it took me two years up here to get to realize what it was. And I'd met two other females that had been in Dallas. And they weren't Christians, but they had PTSD too from being down there. And I went, oh, that's what I guess I have. But I know God and, you know, it's part of me getting free, freer. It's part of me being helping people not to get into that. Or if you've been through it, I can help you understand it ain't you it ain't jesus it's religious spirit all right part of me can also say i can warn these and train them to do better much better than all this what i was driven to is myself am i doing something am i what do i do by sitting there calmly approachable and friendly very relaxed what do i do stir up this stuff it's a spirit. Must be my deliverance ministry. Because I'm calm. I've never jumped up. I've never shouted out. I just realize I trigger it for the sake of the gospel. For the good news. Let's have it. Good news. He came for the good news. Not gossip. Not control. The good news. That's what we're talking. 
and we have cross-body movement because we're not under these people. <laughs> this is part of the teaching how many people must be suffering, how Jesus' name is being abused, how the Holy Spirit, Book of Acts, is now lame, tormenting people, and you know, a lot of it, not all. So with the picture of the Christ and the offices of the prophets, the true prophets saying they are doing this, <laughs> a lot of them, and the people under them by the masses are doing it, evil eye, target, witchcraft, forgive them. Whoa! Then I just went to the Lord and he started teaching me about this stuff. He used Apostle Paul. He used different things which you hear now that I just didn't know would ever know. And my daddy was a, a fine, healthy representative of a man, so it wasn't a man issue. And of normal loving, and I knew what love is, I do. And equal opportunity, real respect for everybody, all genders, all people, all colors. I just knew that. That's basic Christianity. So I went and researched Jesus. And I went and researched the prophet, the office of the prophet, the move of prophecy, and the different kinds of things that go on in different kinds of colors and beliefs of prophecy. You can have word of faith prophecy. You can black uh, missionary Baptist prophet. You can have a lot of different ones. Church of God in Christ. You can have different types of people that have a different flair, you know, spin on the thing. But I wanted to hear Jesus for myself. So I studied Isaiah 2 and 3, Isaiah 11, 2 and 3 about the the foretold office, apostle, teacher, pastor of the whole church, Jesus. The role model Messiah in Isaiah 11, 2 and 3. And this is where I got, where I can teach from Book of Acts full-blown in the Holy Spirit, which I like. But I can also help people that don't want to go there. They don't feel comfortable. They don't feel, you know, they feel concerned. They don't feel right about it for themselves right now. I can teach you how to have more of the Holy Spirit without speaking in tongues or with, which I like speaking in tongues. But I'm not going to be a dogmatist or accuse you if you don't. All right. So Isaiah 11, 2 and 3 is the hero role model of Jesus. Isaiah 11, 2 and 3, it says that Jesus Christ comes from Jesse, which is coming from David's side of the family on his mother's side, Mary, the human side. And he was not from the tribe of Levi, toxic, dysfunction, and misogynist. Right? But the Levites could have that. Right? Be careful. Not all do. So we look at Jesus coming from a healthy, you know, ancestry, his passed down DNA, his passed down spiritual and the generational quality. He came from the tribe of Judah, mean to plow and praise. I don't want to go too far in that. So 11, Isaiah 11, 2 and 3 says that Christ, the original prophet, the organic prophet of the whole movement, <laughs> the true prophet Jesus, he had, he was filled with God's seven spirits, the Holy Spirit which was the fear of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of counsel and might and understanding. Okay? So we look at what, we, and there's some more, but all right. Jesus Christ was filled, the office prophet Jesus, was filled with all of God's flickering, flaming, eternal spirits without a giant ego. He didn't use them, his charisma, to get what he wanted. He didn't need people, you know, he used it with humility. A suffering servant, all right, humble, teachable. So therefore, I tell people that want more of the Holy Spirit, go to Isaiah 11, 2 and ask for more of each one of those traits of Jesus. If you want to have the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues, yes. If not, get that. You need more might. I would say mostly might and power. So I love the fact that Jesus Christ represented God the Father, the global Father, in Isaiah 11 and 2, 11, 2 and 3. All right, so he had spirit of wisdom and might and power and counsel, fear of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord were in him. And it says because of that, the next verse, verse 3, it says, because Jesus delighted himself in the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, he had the fear of the Lord. Because Jesus delighted himself in the fear of the Lord, and it made him sharp of understanding 
and he would not judge by the sight of his eyes nor make decisions based on what he heard so my messiah my jesus christ my savior was not a gossip a backbiter a manipulator he was not one that would sin spy read people and accuse them jesus would not accuse or judge by the sight of his eyes he would not make decisions based on gossip and rumors and judge people because of that so his disciples today need to grow in that grow away from that false part and train their people their rising leaders train your people really so with that we look at Hebrews 1 1 and 2 Hebrews 1 1 and 2 is a fits right in it says there's a difference between the Old Testament prophet representation and the New Testament prophets, which is Jesus. All right. So it says the old days, Hebrews 1, 1, in the old times, Old Testament, God spoke to his people through diverse manners with his prophets. All right. His prophets couldn't inv were there just a handful because nobody could invite Jesus to live in their heart and have the comforter, the Holy Spirit in there to let them commune with God and let him guide them and hear from God so God used the outer court with the prophets well those prophets were more craggy in my opinion they were the more let you know you're gonna the nation's gonna fall all that type of thing all the time <laughs> and they were also unusual they had the axe head floated the signs and wonders which are still out there but a lot of people have made sort of like camped on a certain disposition of a prophet and also they've gotten famous prophets out of that they've gotten Le levitical patriarch prophets out of that you have a lot of things that make profit is a buzzword we're trying to make it down to earth humility and and I'll train later that God can show up in whatever manner he wants to quiet and calm low-key traditional he can show up wild and crazy falling out in the power if he wants to it's not my business but I want to know if it's really God, <laughs> whatever, which way is that? Each one's different. So Hebrews 1 says the old days God spoke through the people through just a handful of prophets because nobody could invite Jesus in his heart or her heart to let the Holy Spirit help them learn and grow. But says in Hebrews 2, 1 and 2, it says nowadays God uses his son Jesus. He speaks to us to the office prophet like Jesus. That's why we got to know about the real Jesus who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil. And the Lord was with him. He did not oppress people. He did not repress. He did not suppress. He did not withstand or use false manipulation on people. So in these days, you've got to look at who they're doing it, how they're doing it, and why they're doing it to see, are they representing Jesus, the Messiah, in their, rep in their teaching and modeling of prophets, black, white, and brown. All right. Hebrews 1.9 is the final part for me about Jesus, the missing link today. All right. Jesus Christ, the prophet, was known for his joy. It says, because he hated iniquity, he hated what sin did to people, and because he loved righteousness, he loved the holy living, you know, he loved the Lord, but he wasn't self-righteous or superior. It says, because God valued what the Father, eternal God, valued, that God gave him the anointing of joy and gladness above his fellow. He has been anointed with the oil of joy and gladness above his fellows. That means you can walk down the street, see Jesus with a bunch of people, and pick him out, thinking, wow, that guy's got joy. That's what we want, to add joy back into ministry. Really do. Now, I know there are a lot of people that nowadays we think Paul was famous, Jesus was famous, we're going to be famous. No, 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 no. Back then, <laughs> back then when they, before they got famous in our eyes, from our opinion, they were the off-scouring of the world like now, really are. They were like, they didn't have, they didn't know what we know now. They didn't have any other generations to model. They didn't have any famous preachers to go look and get advice from or copy. We, they really didn't. So we have to put this back down to servant leadership. 
servant leadership, affecting society with no superstars. You can have renown. There is such a thing as renown. You can look, you know, be famous, but it's not celebrity. But it's to have everyone, whoever you are, famous, not famous, by yourself, unsung, far in the corner, out in front, whatever it is, you do what God says and do what he says and represent him well. And he will be pleased. Father will be pleased if you do your thing before the Lord, silently or publicly, and do it exactly what he says. Jesus said in John, Jesus, our role model, said, I do nothing, I say nothing, unless I first intercede, unless I first see or hear what the Father says to do or say. I don't do anything unless I first hear from the Lord what to do, where to do it, or don't do it, okay? Then he said, I don't say anything unless I first hear from the Lord what to say. My gosh, that's, I can't do it. That's tough. I try. At times I can do it. But I think that is a goal for all of us not to be moved, not to be moved by stuff, not to be moved by knee-jerk reactions, not to be moved by self-pity, not to be moved by retaliation, retort, a fast retort, quick, snap back. Be careful. I have to be careful. All of us. So what we don't want is my move over here. I don't want my move. This is not my move. This is for the Lord and for whoever needs it. This is a resource. This is a victory cry that we are allowed the victory to escape false religion in the Christian ministry. <laughs> no, really, but it's a victory cry because we want to teach cross-body all colors to have a bride of Christ. This is, you know, when there's no fear of the Lord in ministry, it's like the Bible scripture. I mean, there's no fear of the Lord in most, most, most ministries that speak in tongues. In their preachers. Maybe the top people have it. I don't know the top people. I'm talking to the bottom people that say they're under these people. There's no fear of the Lord in these people. <laughs> There isn't. It's rare. It is so rare. That's why I go to the Barista Fellowship. It's nicer. <laughs> Excuse me. The Bible teaches us in Proverbs 9 and 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And that's part of the one of the seven spirits of God that we mentioned in Isaiah 11 too. The spirit of the Lord is also representing the fear of the Lord. And Jesus had that. He delighted himself in that. So when we look at the principle, all right, look at America. Look at the religious nation we live in. Never seen so much character assassination, fighting, divisive, retaliation, accusing, shouting down, all sorts of things, papal ministry and the, all the tongue talkers. <laughs> Never seen so many popes that speak in, I really haven't in my life. All right. So then we say, well... Who's perfect? No, not me. I, I really am not. So we have to just say, all of us work on it. We all work on ourselves. <laughs> Lord, help us all. <laughs> but I was thinking, if the principle says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and that is for the nation of God's people, then I would say also that the lack of the fear, of, the lack of the spirit of the fear of the Lord in his people and ministry is what? The beginning of what? Foolishness. Presumption, charlatanism, playtime, and that's what we got. That's what we got. That is immature. That is immaturity. So we're trying to raise up, I guess we're trying to raise up a stink to get people so upset that they'll go look at their own doctrine. They won't look at the other people that don't believe in Jesus. They won't look at our nation. They'll look at themselves. We're not looking at our nation. We're looking at ourselves here. We're not looking at all the other, quote, false religions. We got a false religion in the church to start a new movement. <laughs> Apart from this one's not false. <laughs> They've already got their movements. That's the issue. <laughs> not all. We're trying to stir up the group mainly that believe in the Holy Ghost. We want to stir it up and we want people who are scared of him 
the Holy Ghost because of what they've seen. And we know what you've seen. We've been around it. We want to stir it up. So some people will say, I would like to know more about the Holy Ghost, even if it's by myself so nobody knows. We want you to do that. We want you to get a fresh picture of the Lord, of ministry, of fellowshipping, of why we're doing this, why we're here, why we need to do certain things. And we want you to get to know the Holy Spirit, who's so much fun. He really is fun. And he's there. He's so He's so present, he is, and he's joyful, and he's comforting, and he's wild. He gives you ideas, and he refreshes you, and he's amazing. He does like Paul said. You know, Paul, my, one of my mentors, is Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10, which is me, which I didn't know. <clears throat> God has taught me this thing. It says, Paul wrote, I has not what I has not seen, what ear has not heard, what has never entered into the heart of any person, those things are the things that God has prepared for those who love him, but those things are revealed by the Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, even the deep things of God. So this is why you want to have a relationship. Invite Jesus into your heart. He gives you the Holy Spirit. And then you get to know the Holy Spirit. And you get to fan the flame of that. Ask for more. And he will tell you revelation, ideas, insight, wisdom, supernatural things you would never have thought of. And this is my, this is who I am. This is what has created this. Is back in the 80s, in the late 80s, I started going after God for myself. I'd always done that, but I didn't know how that he really wanted to do more than what I could ever think. Because I think big. I don't think small. I don't think tame. I think calmly and sanely. But I think I was curious because back in that day, I've had times where I was roadblocked. I was caught in situations that I could not get out of. And that's what started this, the prison circumstances, where you cannot figure it out. You have no power. Nobody will. You're getting ruled and dominated. You have no way out unless God gives you supernatural grace and wisdom. And all this started me. It's like a you know, picture of a pearl and an oyster. <laughs> you get sanded. And that's what it was. But God did that, and he uses these things to train us. Paul had his shipwrecks. Paul had his prison life circumstances. Paul was ostracized by the first born-again minister group Jesus installed in Jerusalem when he first got saved. They didn't want him for 12 to 14 years. So he was up, sent up to be with the Gentiles, the Arabs, up in Damascus because Peter and Barnabas met with him and they said, you're not fit enough to minister and co-labor with us in the church. And so God does amazing things. Paul, who represented a new move like I represent, this kind of new move, was forced to go to God by himself. And that's where he got the abundance of his revelations. He got sharpened. That's where he got the Galatians 1, 1 and 2 revelation that we all can use, all right? This is so good, but I want to go back to give God the credit. My gosh. Paul, back in the day, said he'd hung around with God. He hung out with God so much, he got to know God in the spirit of revelation. That's how you do it. So he said to the brothers, the sisters in the church of Corinth, the seaport of carnality, Confused carnality, dysfunction, and also big eye, I'm for Apollos, I'm for Paul type of ministry. All right. So Paul said out of the conglomerate, the quagmire of the day, he said an isolating thing, which is so cool. I has not seen what human eye, what you think you've seen, all these things, all these vistas and visions and video games and all these, what I has not seen, even in science fiction elaborate DVDs and movies, all right? What I, what your eye has not seen, what your ear has not heard, neither was entered into the heart of any person, your imagination, which can go crazy, big imagination, it's past that. You can go to a realm of the Holy Spirit, past that, gently, peacefully, but there. I've done this. 
eyes not seen, ears not heard, those things neither has entered into the heart of any person, those things which the Lord has. I don't have them. You don't have them. Nobody's got them except the Lord for you. All right. <laughs> but there's a little catch, a little, you know, to consider. But those things are going to reveal, be revealed by the Spirit god's untamed spirit they're going to be revealed by the spirit for the spirit searches all things yea even the deep things of god i mean really who knows the mind of christ who knows the mind of the lord god almighty i don't but god does and he wants to give you your share of it he does so this is what we're doing we're filled with joy we're filled with joy and we're filled with the love of god we really are i would say that it'd be nice to have a few people in this you know to find the right crowd I have not found let's put it this way I have found really quality wonderful people I am grateful to be here I really like this area I really like this area the Christians are really acting like the Christians to me but I'm I I would like prayer for my own personal mate I don't have an Elizabeth you know when your spirit jumps it's a spiritual thing I need a quite. I need a couple of spiritual Elizabeths for assistance, but also with the right mate and anybody else when the time is right. Because I do feel that now that 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 journey I had been on through toxic ministry and dysfunction, recuperating out of it, not knowing what it was, now I finished it. That door is closed, and I can teach on it and not be moved. It is so wonderful to be over. But now I can focus. I've got to get back on my focus on myself because it was just a huge. And then we had the big slam. I would say the last few months I had been body slammed by some situations that were difficult. But yet, you know, every day I had joy. Every day I knew the Lord was there. But when you're going through a new door... When you got your victory, sometimes there is a backlash, and that's what, you know, and I feel fine. But I realize now I'm going to work on myself, my life. Good. I like it. So God is good. I'm here as a window, a window of more of adventure in the Lord. I'm here as a window with things to speak that if you need confirmation, affirmation, or new balance tweaking your theology i am here i'm here for the ministry i'm not here for a play day even though i you know i i have fun with people i like to take off and do fun stuff adventure but i feel this is not time i don't have time to waste i don't have time to waste on me centric pilfering i really don't because I've been through that. I don't need to. I've been through that adventure. <laughs> a long adventure of me-centric pilfering. We've been, you know. I don't want to do that with anyone else again. So God is good. His mercy endures. And God has been good to me. He's put up with me. <laughs> He's endured with me. And I have forgiven everybody to the best of my ability. Including myself. But I will say this. God has been there. It has been an adventure. And now that adventure has closed, thank God, thank God, now the adventure is closed and I'm on the new day to build, to build, to produce, to respect people, to have an adventure of getting things published, written, spoken, a, a real college. And that's what I'm doing now. God is good. So let the bygones be bygones, but I will not tolerate dysfunctional disrespect anymore. I can read it too fast. That is why we want it to be Heavenly Father's Day that he went about, as Jesus did as our motto for this move of God in Acts 10 38. Jesus went about doing good. He went about relating. As the Lord led him. Jesus went about doing good. Doing good. Not evil. Not sidetracking people. Not getting off and to be a phony. Jesus went about doing good. Healing. Healing all those who are oppressed by the devil. Who oppresses. 
the devil, not Jesus, who distresses the devil, not Jesus, who's dysfunctional, the devil, not people, and, and people, but not Jesus. No, he's not dysfunctional. So Jesus went about doing good healing. Whether you believe in praying for people, laying on of hands, yes, but you can also love people, cheer them up, be a gift to them, not demean them, okay? Jesus went about doing good, healing all those who were oppressed, all those who were oppressed by the devil, all those who were oppressed by the devil, and the Lord was with him. He endorsed his ministry. He accompanied him with the anointing, his Holy Spirit anointing to do the job, even miraculous job. Amazing. God is so good. His mercy endures. This is Tavo DRC signing off for now. God bless you. Tavo DRC Senior Leadership. Bless you. Bye-bye.